Polo, and welcome to the Global Outlook. I'm your host, Alex Torquinones, and today we have a very special guest, uh, all the way from Kazakhstan. Aset, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Aset. I'm a first-year international student at Depot, and yes, indeed, I come from Kazakhstan, the city of Almaty. All right, can you tell us a little bit uh, about the city that you're from? Oh, yeah, sure. Almaty city is the most populous city in the country. Its estimated population is approximately 2.2 million. For a large city, it's, it's surrounded by mountains and it has a quite a varying climate. As the winters there are quite cold. There are multiple mountain resorts over there and the summers are scorching hot, over 100 degrees in fact. Mm. And can you tell us a little bit more about Kazakhstan in general? Just some basic information about its population, its size. Oh yeah, sure. Kazakhstan is surprisingly large. We are the world's ninth largest country, and we are the world's largest landlocked country. And the population, although the although we are large in size, the population is quite small, standing at about 19 million people. And um, there are 17 regions in the country, all of which are somewhat varying, both in climate and culture and the people. If you go if you go south, you mostly encounter a, a a warmer temperature and more hospitable people. While up north, there is all the there is all the winter men with their with their fur coats and stuff. But yes, um, there are there are over one hundred and seventeen ethnicities living in Kazakhstan, and we are well, mostly living in peace. I haven't heard much from other from other. Uh, representatives of ethnicities, but I think they're having it good here. Mm. Well, that's great. Now, can you tell us more about Kazakhstan? Uh, I, I would love to learn more about it and its role in the region uh, as compared with its neighbors. So, for example, with interactions with countries like Russia and China. Sure. Well, if I give, uh, I have to give a bit of a history lesson. Uh, it, I think it was Alexander the First, one of the Russia's emperors, that said that. Kazakhstan is the key and heart to the Central Asia. Uh, that is, we are the, the, the largest the largest country in the, in the Central Asia region. We have bountiful resources, and from that fact stems our relationships with our neighbors. As I said previously, we are the world's largest landlocked country, so we have quite a multitude of those. Mm -hmm. uh, one among them are Russia and China. Russia being a partner since our independence and China has always been an ally to both the Soviet Union and Kazakhstan as a whole because you are either on the China side or you're no longer there. So uh, the United States has pretty poor relations with both China and Russia. They're viewed as the U.S.'s two biggest geopolitical rivals. So what is Kazakhstan's relationship with Russia and China, uh, not just in regards to political situation like you just described, but how do people feel about Russia and China? Are they popular in the country? Do people like their leaders, their policies? Uh, is Kazakhstan in general pro-Russia and pro-China? That's a very good question because Kazakhstan, if we are making comparisons with the real world, is like Switzerland to Russia and China. Mm. Because since since... Since time immemorial, that is since 1991, <laughs> when we gained independence, uh, Kazakhstan has always been this translogistic hub 
the the mediator between the countries we've always been the the peaceful country that's always trying to make things better for 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 all and as such by being peaceful we've managed to establish this fickle peace between all the all the countries that are might be at odds with each other otherwise but yes um the relationship with russia has always been very interesting to say at least because um back in the 18th and 19th century kazakhstan was actually a what's called a a colony let's be honest (laughs) okay yeah um, as as of the 20th century we have been a member of the soviet union and currently we are uh, we are the russia's one of the russia's biggest diplomatic and uh, diplomatic partners so as it currently stands russia uh, my country's government has to negotiate with russia as they are our only real window to the western world and as such the government is mostly lenient on russia however the people the people are entitled to their own opinions which is which which should be the case because there are 20 the 20 because 26 percent of the of kazakhstan's population is in fact russian so we have it all as mm. i would say yeah so kazakhstan uh you've mentioned this was a former so was a former member of the soviet union so i'm really curious how does the legacy of the soviet union still impact kazakhstan today oh that is a very 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 good question because there is a lot to say there's so much to unpack if we start from the beginning uh quite a tumult uh, so it since soviet union has had quite a tumultuous start to say the least with the civil conflict in which kazakhstan has inevitably been swept in as a source of as a source of products and uh, well let's be honest here kazakhstan was used as a as a bread making factory as as meat as a, as a meat factory because we were mostly nomadic and as such uh before before the russians came in we were mostly nomadic and as such we've had a lot of hurt to work with and ever since the 20s ever since the 20s famine which was so horrible that third of kazakhstan's population perished to it our population hasn't really recovered much we are still scraping scraping by to recover to the previous numbers but yes um if we if we if we put it if i put my if i say it honestly kazakhstan has been a bit of a playground for the for the soviet state as we have been the world's largest nuclear polygon there is a a, a city called Simei, which has still has still has its legacy since there, there um, in the premises of this city was the world's largest nuclear polygon its area size was i think i think eight thousand square miles wow and that's like that's almost that's almost half of the european countries now can you explain what a what a nuclear you said nuclear polygon can yes, you explain indeed. more about what that is um the, the closest alternative one i can have is nevada like there there are there was the trinity project the sierra sierra nevada mm-hmm. something i can't yeah. really remember 
and we've uh, we've been we've, uh, this region was just as much of a playground for the Soviet Union as Nevada was for the United States. So in terms of like where they tested and built nuclear weapons yes, and that kind of thing. So they did that all in Kazakhstan. Yes, we. So if with that being the case, in between, like you said, the famine, and then Kazakhstan being basically the testing site for all of these nuclear weapons, is there much resentment in Kazakhstan, like in terms of ill treatment? From the Soviet Union? As I have said before, it is quite a complicated topic for all the post-Soviet countries. And if if we put if we put it into terms, I think the older population has developed somewhat of a Stockholm syndrome because we, they've been they've been forced to to believe that Soviet Union is the right way, that socialism is just and everything done under it is for the greater good. But how much greater, but how much can be done so as to achieve the said, said greater good? I think too much has been done for so little. And as such, um, the younger population, understanding that, holds a certain grudge towards the Soviet Union's actions and mm -hmm. inactions. When I speak about inactions, I mostly refer to the um, the drying of our sea, called Aral Sea, over the span of 50 years, its size dwindled, I think, by 20 times. So it was a mighty sea, one of the, or well, it was considered to be a lake, it was one of the world's largest lakes by land area. Mm -hmm. And now it's but a, but a small pond. And whatever fishing businesses there was back in the days, there is only but a dry, soulless desert, desolate, of any life in it. Wow. So, so yes, it's quite unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And having considering considering all that, the Soviet legacy, the nuclear legacy, the legacy, was quite a thing to behold. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. So Kazakhstan, in general, uh, has good relations with its neighbors. Good relations. Uh, well, as you said, they're, they're important trading partners, uh, and then they're important to Russia and China. So it has good relations with its neighbors, despite its troubled history. So I'm curious, how is, wh what about Kazakh culture, or what about Kazakh people permits them to have good relations, despite the difficulties of the past? Well, there is one word that is very much that, in ev that every Kazakh person can be described as, is hospitable. Because there is this term we have in Kazakhstan called konakzhelok, which is basically translates to hospitality. Ever since, since, since I've said previously we were of nomadic origin, that means that it was such a rare occurrence to meet a stranger that to have met said stranger, one would host a party, a real party, and the guest would sit at the front of the table, being pestered in gifts and, 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 and stuff. So as it is, I think it's in Kazakhstan's and Kazakh people's mentality to forgive and to close an eye. And I, and I would be a fool to not admit that there is good legacy left by the Soviet Union, as there are still numerous factories and, and buildings that are testament to the to the industrial might of the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. And I think 
I wouldn't say that it is a fair trade-off as much as as much as of a consolidation price. Yeah, that makes sense. So Kazakhstan, its hospitality uh, has allowed the people to kind of transcend the political issues of the past and still maintain good relations. Well, there's also another obvious reason. We can't really speak out too much considering the, the vast power difference that there mm-hmm. is that there is between Russia and Kazakhstan. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I mean, is there an idea that like Russia's subjugating Kazakhstan somehow politically? Not really. I would I would I would say that there are certain aspects in which Kazakhstan has become a sort of a so has become sort of subservient to Russia, but it did not do it out of its out of out of necessity, but on its own accord. Accord. I can't really speak out much about it, but I hope my message got across. Mm-hmm. But yes, um, I think that as much as as much unjust things that Russia has done to this country, its people has also been quite. Um, to say the people are the martyr and the state is the punisher well no that's that's too preachful i i'm sorry but yes um i feel like there is just as much effort done by the russian side so as to get us to where we are at currently politically mm-hmm. as there is effort done by our current forces that be powers that be yeah so yes. Mm-hmm. So then, now that we've talked about Kazakhstan, its relationship with Russia, relationship with China, uh, and it a little bit about its history, I'd love to learn more about Kazakhstan, like inside Kazakhstan. What kind of issues is the country facing internally? Uh, what are its internal political issues? Its domestic issues? Hmm. Well, that is a quite a recent a recent event that happened. Uh, in my country that sent ripples throughout the world and that was the civil uprising that we had back a year ago we called it the bloody january as it was happening on the first days of january i quite vividly remember how it went down the people the workers in the oil fields went out protesting and uh, to, to combat the spike in gas prices but eventually it escalated into a full-on armed conflict i can't speak out much on the subject because i am not informed enough so as to make valuable judgments but i would say that um, there is a certain sense of political instability present in my country and as much as uh, i would believe as I, I would I, I would want for there to be peace, I think there must be work there, there is work to be done. Mm. And so there's political instability, not necessarily, but there's there's that what you were basically describing, the workers going out, uh, revolting, protesting. In general, the impression that a lot of Americans have of that region of the world is that there's a lot of very oppressive governments. Uh, do Kazakhs in general have a right, a protected right for free speech and protest and to be able to voice their political concerns? Well, if one would check the stats, they would 
find that Kazakh, Kazakhstan has quite a restrictive media, restricted media, because on the scale of freedom of media, we are quite low. However, the people themselves, the, the people themselves are opinionated. There are, there are certainly educated people who can make, who can make judgments, who can make judgments and come to certain decisions on, on what the country needs. And sometimes uh, these judgments come through, it come to pass as a, as a bill or, say, or as a change in the law. Uh, yes, um, I feel like if we are compare, if we are to compare, to be compared to our neighbors, I would say that Kazakhstan is still a a liberal outpost mm. in the region. Yes. So then, uh, as for your current leader, could you tell us a little bit more about the government that's currently in charge in Kazakhstan and how they're doing? Hmm. Well, I would say that uh, our, our leader has been appointed three years ago. His name is Kasim Jomar Tokayev. I know, a bit difficult. But yes, um, he has done, he has had some effort in establishing peaceful relationships with Russia. I cannot speak out too much on that matter, but I would say that our current president is has mostly done good things. Mostly done good things. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the good things they've done? Um, well, the one thing I would like to point out is that we are a presidentary country. Like our government is led by a president. And um, what he has done is to bring forth a parliamentary force. So parliamentarization is probably the biggest achievement of our president and another one i'll speak about it later but yes he has uh, given out the power from himself to the parliament another one is um, digitalization everything starting from the government to our medcare and education is digitalized and there is no cash in in use nowadays this where I live. Mm -hmm. So yes. So the president is really bringing Kazakhstan more into the modern era. Yes, that is that is the correct assessment. Mm -hmm. I would say so. Yes. Yeah. Is Kazakhstan in general? What's the what's this uh, quality of life? Do people live well? Uh, is is there much poverty, much famine in Kazakhstan? Well, as a as a person from a from from Almaty, the city the largest city in the country. I would say that I have no real right to speak out on how poorly the people live because as as much as as much shame as I would as that would bring me, I have to admit that I have not seen much of what is happening around. But I am certain that there are regions of the country which experience drought and I know for a fact that I can listen, but I don't think I have the right to gauge just how desperate things are. Desperate things are. I just, I, I, I certainly know that in major cities everything is going well. Mm -hmm. There are regions which are under, underprivileged, undervalued, and 
and overworked. Mm. That is certainly the case, but I know for a fact that there are efforts done to combat this. Well, just like with any other country, there are more well-off regions and more well-on, <laughs> how do you say it? Yeah. Uh, less, less well-put regions, yes. Mm-hmm. No, not to bring them down, yeah. but, but to state the matter of facts. Mm-hmm. So remind us, how many different uh, ethnicities are there in Kazakhstan? Well, there are, there are certainly over a hundred. I can't really be the person. I can really say just how much there are. As I've said previously, it's 117, but I might be mistaken, for which I apologize. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, the population is divided into Kazakhs, Kazakh, like ethnically Kazakh, like me, the Russians, the Uyghurs, the, Tatar, the Tatars, the Ukrainians, and the in-between ethnicities, which are, which come from, from every part of the world. Kazakhstan used to be the place from which all the Polish uh, expats came from. Not expats, the the forcefully deported populations Mm -hmm. by by the Soviet Union. Yeah. As such, we have quite a strong Korean presence in the region. A strong Korean? Yes, yes, indeed. Um, They were were forcefully deported from the uh, eastern regions of Russia, and some came from North Korea during the Soviet Union, so we also have that. Obviously, the Uzbeks, who are our neighbors, and the Tajiks and the Kyrgyz people, they are all our neighbors, and they are all here, living peacefully. Interesting. So, with all those different ethnicities, uh, at least history has shown us that oftentimes when you have many different ethnicities all mixed together, it can lead to ethnic conflict, but but Kazakhstan has not had to deal with that? Hmm. Well... There is there are some tensions in the northern regions, but it mostly has to do with Russia's claims to territory, like claiming that some of the regions are historically Russian. But if we go to if we go deeper into history, our previous capital is now a city in Russia, so we can also claim some of the territory ourselves. And mm-hmm. as such, it is a disputed ground but i think there are there are but i know there are negotiations made and i'm certain that our ground will be held Mm. now how did the invasion of ukraine impact the kazakh perspective on russia because like you're talking about uh kazakhstan has a has a right to all of the land currently within its borders but after the invasion of ukraine by russia it could be argued that russia doesn't have respect for whatever borders are currently established and is willing to take new land by force. Given that Kazakhstan is not a NATO country, uh, is there any fear in Kazakhstan that should Russia successfully invade Ukraine, Kazakhstan would be the next country Russia would look towards? Hmm. Well, I would, I would like to start with the, first, with the last point, and that is the concern for invasion. I think there would be none as Kazakhstan is a member of a military union in between a mo- bunch of other countries that are also um, in, in, in union with, with Russia. So I don't think there will be any territorial claim to Kazakhstan as much as there are to Ukraine. Because as, 
a similar wait a second one might say that ukraine and russia are similar in a sense that they are both brotherly nations however the territorial disputes has always have always been prevalent for ukraine as there are multiple disputed grounds which have historically and most importantly recently been contested that is the um, the island of crimea mostly mm-hmm. i would i i'm not as educated on history as i would like to be but i'm certain that the main source of conflict stems from the 20th century disputes which boiled over into the 21st century conflict mm-hmm. kazakhstan does not really have such a such a contested ground as for example the island of crimea mm-hmm. and we are on much better terms with russia than ukraine is yeah so yes i don't think there will be much trouble mm-hmm. in that regard but considering but considering our governmentally close ties with russia the population is of a bit of a different opinion to the entire to the conflict if asked if 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 the people were to be asked there would be as many positions as there would be people questioned one might say that this it is in it is in russia's favor one might say that it is in ukraine's favor one might say that everyone's the loser and and whatever that whatever might be the case everyone is entitled to their own opinion mm-hmm. but as the current current matter of facts are to me the people side more with the defenders rather mm. than the, the attackers and can you tell us your perspective uh on the war in ukraine do you think that that russia is justified uh and do you think that at least in principle if if you don't think that russia would actually invade kazakhstan do you at least worry about the principle that russia is setting that just because a country might have ethnic russians in it or speak russian that means that it deserves to be under russia's control i am much rather concerned about whether i would be drafted as part of a force fighting for russia because kazakhstan was held by the country during our civil unrest in the 20 in the 2022 and um i would i would i would hope that it would never be the case for for kazakh people to bear arms against the ukrainian people but it is quite uncertain however um Oh yeah. My personal can you repeat the first part of the question because I Yeah, what's your what's your personal view on the war in Ukraine? Well, I think that the current matter of fact matter of events is that both countries are too far gone for there to be any peace in the near future as the ties have been irreparably broken whatever whatever common ground there might have been there's none left and to decide who is right and who is wrong as of right now might be already out of out of order mm-hmm. the country of ukraine is too ravaged to be to be blamed as an aggressor and the country of russia has done too much to be blamed as the defender mm-hmm. so yes so 
just a second ago, uh, you mentioned about possibly being drafted. So I, I would really appreciate some clarification there. What's the relationship with Russia and Kazakhstan that Kazakh soldiers could be sent to fight for Russia and Ukraine? So there is this um, alliance between some countries uh, of Russia, Kazakhstan, and Belarusia, and some others I can't really remember. Those three are the main ones. But yeah, um, the, the the Spetsnaz, the 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 this alliance of special forces has helped calling the unwanted uh, unwanted aggressors that were prevalent in the that were in the January uprising, and as such, uh, we might be asked to repay the favor, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I hope it never becomes the case, and we are we are simply left as a as a Switzerland of Central Asia. Yeah, wow, fa- that's really fascinating. Uh, and so I guess that leads us. We're coming to the end of our program here, but I would love to ask you one more question, which is, what do you want Americans, what do you wish Americans knew about Kazakhstan? Hmm. Well, I would love for, for the U.S. Well, since Kazakhstan is so large, and Kazakhstan has, has, a, has such a large presence in our region, I think it's in one's best interest to be at least educated on the matter of where Kazakhstan is located because some people might not really know where we are at and the stun might put some people off as as one of the stuns. I would, I would really appreciate it if people were to be more knowledgeable on where Kazakhstan is and who we are as people. Where Kazakhstan is a very um, is a very hospitable country. The people are very nice, and you would seldom find anyone who would act in a rude manner or not welcome you as a as a good guest. So if anyone wants to, they can come visit and see for themselves. Wonderful. Thank you, Aset, so much for joining us. I really appreciate all of your thoughts. Uh, I really appreciate the context you gave us about your wonderful country. And I hope that uh, our American audience will be able to garner something about your country. And I hope they, they, they've certainly learned and achieved what you wish Americans would, which is learn a bit more about Kazakhstan. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This has been the Global Outlook. I'm your host, Alex Dokinonis. Thanks for joining us and see you next week.